Welcome back to The Daily Poem here on the Close Reads Podcast Network. I'm David Kern. Today's poem is by Seamus Heaney, a poet who lived from 1939 to 2013. He was an Irish poet, playwright, and translator. He received the 1995 Nobel Prize in Literature. And uh, the sixth anniversary of his death just occurred. And I wanted to experiment with something here on the, on the podcast, something I've never done before. The anniversary of his death coincided with uh, the release of a collection of poems from throughout his life. He had had this idea to, to release a collection with different poems he selected from different years in his life. Unfortunately, he passed away before he was able to do that. But his, his children and his wife took up the mantle on that, on that effort, and they released this new book called uh, Seamus Heaney, 100 Poems. So what I'd like to do for the four days we have this week... Um, yesterday being Labor Day, of course, is to read four different poems from four different periods in his life. We'll call it Seamus Heaney Week, or if you, if you like. Uh, I want to see if we can identify some ways that his poems are evolving or changing over the years. And look at a couple of the, the poems that, that he personally uh, had earmarked and then that his family selected for this collection. I think it's pretty meaningful that they chose a hundred specific poems try to maybe get a sense of why the first poem that i'm going to read is called death of a naturalist and this is the title poem from a 1966 collection uh, the the first collection that heaney released uh, that that was really notable and really well received it was again like i said released in 1966 and this is how that poem goes all year the flax dam festered in the heart of the townland Green and heavy-headed flax had rotted there, weighted down by huge sods. Daily it sweltered in the punishing sun. Bubbles gargled delicately. Blue bottles wove a strong gauze of sound around the smell. There were dragonflies, spotted butterflies. But best of all was the warm, thick slobber of frog spawn that grew like clotted water in the shade of the banks. Here, every spring, I would fill jam potfuls of the jellied specks to range on windowsills at home, on shelves at school, and wait and watch until the fattening dots burst into nimble swimming tadpoles. Miss Walls would tell us how the daddy frog was called a bullfrog, and how he croaked, and how the mammy frog laid hundreds of little eggs, and this was frog spawn. You could tell the weather by frogs, too, for they were yellow in the sun and brown in rain. Then one hot day when the fields were rank with cow dung in the grass, the angry frogs invaded the flax dam. I ducked through hedges to a coarse croaking that I had not heard before. The air was thick with a bass chorus. Right down the dam, gross-bellied frogs were cocked on sods. Their loose necks pulsed like sails. Some hops, the slap and plop were obscene threats. Some sat poised like mud grenades, their blunt heads farting. I sickened, turned, and ran. The great slime kings were gathered there for vengeance, and I knew that if I dipped my hand, the spawn would clutch it. So that is nothing if not a, um intriguing poem, right? <laughs> We get so many uh, examples of the things that make Seamus Heaney's work, the onomatopoeia, um, 
the similes that are almost epic in nature and you know like the the ancient uh homeric epic similes we get the one of the uh the frogs um being uh warriors being soldiers they sat poised like mud grenades you know the the, the epic there's almost an epic simile of warfare buried in there and then there's the, the surprising turn in this poem. First, it seems like a sort of uh, normal, traditional nature poem in a lot of ways, but but it has that surprising, shocking, almost turn into into violence. But I don't think that the the, the change to you know, this, that turn the poem is meant to represent some kind of um, evil in the natural world itself, so much as a change in the perspective of the, the poet of the observer of nature there's something very lovely in the first part and i think in the second part instead of being at peace the poet is feeling threatened by nature he doesn't feel you know sort of like wordsworth who feels at one with right with the nature that's why it's called death of a naturalist the poet it's not that the, the person himself dies is that it's the the sense of wonder at nature seems to have passed away that wonder of kind of being morphed or transformed into a sense of of fear um of feeling threatened by nature and that's why the end you get start to get very ugly words you start to get you know that the onomatopoeia goes away from a sort of playfulness to you know a sort of ugly and uh, an ugly aggressiveness the words like slap and plop even even fart um he, they the frogs become the great slime kings that were gathered there for vengeance and i knew that if i dipped my hand the spawn would clutch it so it ends on this this really um aggressive note this really fearful note that if he sticks his water his hand into the water that the spawn will clutch it it makes me think of the, the idea that as we get older a sense of wonder at the world turns into a sense of fear at the possibilities of the world you know as we get older we, we, we begin to see what's possible um and then the real possibility makes us more afraid than than the world kind of being being interpreted through our youthful imaginations Anyway, I, this is, you know, this is Seamus Heaney's first big collection. So I wanted to read the title poem from that. Uh, and, and we'll see you the rest of the week how, you know, how things go. Hopefully you'll uh, tune in for, you know, for some uh, additional Seamus Heaney this week. I, we'll see if it, we'll see how it goes. You may, you may not enjoy it. And if so, you can let me know online. This is one more time Seamus Heaney's Death of a Naturalist. All year, the flax dam festered in the heart of the townland. Green and heavy-headed flax had rotted there, weighted down by huge sods. Daily, it sweltered in the punishing sun. Bubbles gargled delicately. Blue bottles wove a strong gauze of sound around the smell. There were dragonflies, spotted butterflies, but best of all was the warm, thick slobber of frog spawn that grew like clotted water in the shade of the banks. Here every spring I would fill jam potfuls of the jellied specks to range on windowsills at home, on shelves at school, and wait and watch until the fattening dots burst into nimble swimming tadpoles. Miss Walls would tell us how the daddy frog was called a bullfrog, and how he croaked, and how the mammy frog laid hundreds of little eggs, and this was frog spawn. You could tell the weather by frogs, too, for they were yellow in the sun and brown in rain. 
Then, one hot day when fields were rank with cow dung in the grass, the angry frogs invaded the flax dam. I ducked through hedges to a coarse croaking that I had not heard before. The air was thick with a bass chorus. Right down the dam, gross-bellied frogs were croaking on sods. Their loose necks pulsed like sails. Some hopped. The slap and plop were obscene threats. Some sat poised like mud grenades, their blunt heads farting. I sickened, turned, and ran. The great slime kings were gathered there for vengeance, and I knew that if I dipped my hand, the spawn would clutch it. This has been The Daily Poem. Thanks for listening. I'll be back tomorrow with another poem for you.